Welcome back to episode 27 of Planning Phase Syndicate's Universe Extended, our discussion about Mando Season 3, <coughs> Episode 8, <coughs> the last episode in this saga for this season. Joining me on mic tonight is my good friend, Mr. JJ, who now is in love with the, the Lions instead of the Giants, Gridiron. How are you tonight, <laughs> sir? I'm doing all right, man. Excited to go over this final episode here of The Mandalorian. So we apologize. We originally were going to air this discussion last week, Wednesday, but I was in the hospital with personal issues and was not able to cast really until tonight. So um, if you don't, if you want to know what's going on, check out our normal podcast, um, Planning Face Syndicate, uh, where we'll have a conversation about that um, at the beginning of episode 97. But I'm excited to talk Bando season three, episode eight. What was the finale? Was it everything you expected? Did you nut in your pants or were you disappointed? JJ, <laughs> what was your reaction there? Uh, somewhere in the middle there. It wasn't a disappointing uh. finale at all, um, but it wasn't everything I wanted it to be. And my main gripe, and I said it from the beginning, uh, was that I wanted a really good space battle, which, you know, apparently I didn't have the budget to do. So that was my it, it biggest was a space battle. Yeah, but it was like, OK, we're going to go up into the atmosphere, take out a capital ship, which is dope. Don't get me wrong, but I wanted to see gauntlets. I wanted to see uh, Fang fighters to like, you know, go in and engage some of these TIE fighters or TIE interceptors rather. Right. Because we we do see that, you know, at least Bo-Katan with the gauntlet was able to at least fend off a, a squadron of tie interceptors, right. With the help of Mando um, to in that, in that chasing earlier in the season, but we didn't get to see a return to that or something similar to that with the smaller craft. Um, that would have been pretty awesome uh, to see, to see the Mandalorians fight off the empire that way. Right. Um, so, but beyond that, um, it was a very satisfying uh, finale uh, for the season. Um, definitely setting up season four, uh, which will most likely be the final season until we get into the movie, which will um, which will end the entire uh, storyline for all this year. So, um, I'm excited to see what uh, what comes out for season four. Yeah. So. I'm going to start the whole thing off by saying JJ made a prediction and said the rumors were, and this might not have been public, but this was in our private chat that Mando was going to die. JJ went on this whole thing. It was this whole, you fucking tried to get my whole sub that they're going to kill Mando off. And so I didn't watch the episode, by the way, on that Wednesday, partially because I was in the <laughs> hospital. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I could have watched it at the hospital while I was there, but, the the but also because I was super worried about this. I waited till like two o'clock Wednesday night, which was technically Thursday morning, to watch this because I was sitting here all paranoid about the shit you were saying. And <laughs> Mando, spoiler alert, does not die. Thank God. Yes, because yeah. I would have sucked. But that's what you were predicting. You were going on this whole thing about how the internet's like Mando's gonna die. Everybody wants Mando to die, and it's like, no, no, you can't kill Mando off. You can kill Grogu off, and we're probably okay with that, but you kill Mando off, and oh, man. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, so we um, we jump right into the action here. Uh, we see the they pick up right where they left off from the previous episode, uh, where Mando was captured, uh, previously had died, and the Mando's on the run from the Empire uh, after after getting surprised um, at the entrance to their hangar bay there by Moff Gideon and their Mando guards. Um, so we see uh, Bo-Katan send out her lieutenant to uh, go warn the fleet that the Empire was coming and that they needed to uh, get into the atmosphere so that way they can avoid the attack there and leave the Architans behind as bait there. Now, this was one of the other gripes that I had for this particular episode is that um, uh, Bo-Katan's Lieutenant Wolf was able to uh, essentially ascend into the atmosphere, into space, all the way up to the Architans in orbit uh, with a single jump with his jetpack that he has on there. And it, it, it just felt a little inconsistent, right? Because, you know, when we looked at the previous episode, when they were going through, like, the training that all the Mandalorians were going through, uh, when they were chasing that giant bird creature that captured Vizsla's son, um, we had a scene there where they all essentially ran out of fuel and they weren't able to keep up with the beast. <laughs> and then, but somehow they're able to, you know, go into the atmosphere all the way up into orbit um, uh, with a single jump. So it, it felt a little inconsistent, but I get it. It's not that kind of show. Um, but beyond that, you know, we get that um, that awesome scene where all the all the uh, the entire fleet minus the Architans just dives into the planet, and they just barely miss the Tie Interceptors exiting out of the cloud as they went in, and uh, and then the Tie Interceptors going into uh, engage the Architans there, and we get a, a, a nice little mini space battle there um, as is happening there. Yeah, which is crazy because I know you wanted more of a space battle, and I don't disagree with you a little bit because yeah. after seeing Return of the Jedi this weekend, I was like, "All right, fair enough." There's a little bit yeah. more space battles than we've 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 seen lately, and in fairness, nowadays it has to be cheaper to do this than um, yeah. before because you're just putting people in a little box and filming them, you know, and it's all CGI. Exactly. So I I do agree. And giving the same actor too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so I do agree with you in that aspect. Um, but I don't think it detracts from this episode's finale. And I think that's because yeah. Mando has never traditionally been a space battle show. And I yeah. think you and I just, we, what we want out of star Wars is for them to give us a space battle show. I think that's what we really want, which would have been great if Boba Fett had been that, you know, I don't, Maybe Boba Fett could have been that, but was a failure. Um, anyway, um, so I think I think what we need to tell Disney is we want a space battle show that's a little bit more, you know, that. And and, and I've been rewatching Rebels, and there's more space battles in Rebels. And I just finished Resistance a while ago, and there's a lot of space battles in Resistance. So um, I don't know. I I think Bad Batch had some of that in the first season, but then it kind of laxed in the second season. So I don't know. We'll see. I agree with you, though. Like, I don't agree that it could have been better if it had more space battles, because I think it needed to move farther towards what this the episodes were conveying. Um, I I do agree, though, that it's sad we don't have more of that, but I don't think that it would have benefited them to do that unless they wanted to make a hour and a half long season finale, which obviously they do not want Mando to be. Um, at all 
that they are that's not the model they want for Mando. So anyway, so we get through all of that, right? And then we get into, you know, what happens to Mando, right? And you got Moth Gideon chiding him, right? Is <laughs> this whole thing. And it's a little confusing because nobody's taking this guy seriously. Like nobody seems like why is there not 50 guards? <laughs> you know, like yeah. what is wrong with these people? Why do you think and- Mando doesn't need all these guards? And the funny thing is, is that the episode right before, right, when they captured him, he literally took out like at least five of their guards and then they drag him away with just two guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it it's felt like, like that Batman scene. Seriously. Yeah, it's like that Batman scene, you know, in the first Batman Begins with Christian Bale, where he, he appears before Ra's al Ghul. And then he's like, you think I can't take out two of your goons? And then he's like, fine, have it your way. And then like two more come out. So that way they could just delay him. And he just takes <laughs> them out. Like it, it was like one of those moments, basically. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. I love that movie, too, by the way. Yeah, um, I love Batman. Yeah. Maybe we should start a Batman podcast. That's what we should do. <laughs> so we get the we get the scene right where you know they're obviously dragging Mando away, and Mando's just waiting for his moment to basically jump up and surprise him. Um, he does. We do have a nice little action sequence there where he does uh, take on those two uh, best part plated uh, stormtroopers, and uh, turns out Mando's fireproof. Um, he gets torched, um, and it, he manages to take down the guard and stuff, but he doesn't even have his cape like singed, at least from what I could tell for the rest of the episode. Um, even though he was like under a good sustained fire from the flamethrowers from the stormtroopers on there. He ends up uh, meeting up with Groku. Groku uh, was able to obtain a map of the uh, of the base there for Moff Gideon, and they go after um they try to go after his uh essentially his um his center uh or his his i guess his office there and we get a nice little scene here where we end up in the space where we saw moff gideon have the the conversation with the other moffs in secret uh behind those laser barricades and we have this nice little um like melee sequence here uh between the the uh the stormtroopers versus bando and they have some of those like the the magna guard poles um with like some uh the riot shields on there um that was actually some of the best action sequences that we've seen in all of mando yeah and it was exciting to see a different take Mando per se than we had before like we're he's not using all his weird contraptions anymore which how about this if you're capturing Mando why would you not immediately bring him into a containment cell and strip him naked like I don't understand why nobody does this like like we do this in America strip him naked put a jumpsuit on him like like in Star Wars they're like it's okay you could keep your armor we're gonna disarm you but you can keep your armor it is like what he still resists blaster bolts like exactly i I, I don't know what to tell you this is insane to me yeah exactly and then while that sequence is happening we get um we get this nice uh like shot of r5 trying to help out mando by deactivating the shields and then he gets an army of uh the little mouse droids coming in to try and attack him and that's a nice little like bot battle there uh, I hope that we see like those little mouse droids like in one of the uh, one of the ground games just to see that like a little swarm of, of, of uh, mouse droids coming to attack you. That'd be funny. Yeah, I know. And I, I agree with you. It'd be hilarious. Like we need an alt dark card. We need mouse droids in, in X-Wing. That's what we need. Yeah. 
so finally we get into um uh mando manages to get through that whole laser barricade there and he finds gideon's cloning program and we finally see what exactly he's been working on this whole time here and it is clones of himself uh, the clones that he was mentioning uh, before that he was working on. And it looks like these are uh, clones that he was working on to be Force-sensitive versions of himself um, that will eventually uh, come out and be uh, uh, with uh, the full Beskar armor that he would have had. So you would have had a small army of himself just being, um, being able to wield that Beskar and have the Force as well. Do you think that um, any one of these clones would have survived? Uh, to me, I think they would have, but that's just me. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know, man. Cause like, it... maybe. Cause we do see as Mando's walking past them, there's one that opens his eyes. Like it suddenly becomes awake and aware of what's going on. Like I, and, and then, you know, shortly after the explosions happen that, you know, breaks all the containment cells for all of them kind of makes me think that maybe maybe we'll see a return of that in a future season yes to me it feels like an m uh m shem shem a lot shallon yeah yeah how you say that <laughs> a guy's twist yeah. yeah it seems like that's a twist that we know is kind of coming like i really kind i love the actor i think that guy's one of the best actors ever like period just so you know like he is Moth Gideon has always been um, a pivotal character to me in the Mando series. I feel like they're going to have to bring him back a little bit like as a clone. I just hope that it, that's not the whole story arc because uh, that would be sad. That would be like regurgence and yeah. I don't need them to regurgitate that shit to me. But yeah, I do feel there's a possibility we're going to see a resurgence of that. Um, but the night that what I would really hope for is that the resurgence happens and the empire goes, hold on, you were actually cloning yourself the whole time and murders him. And it's like a one yeah. episode arc and it's done and over with. And the empire new first order just abolishes it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then after that scene, we get a, cl uh, a cut there where the, um, the Bo-Katan's um, force uh, manages to escape to the area where the, uh, the planetary Mandalorians were. And they find like a, a little oasis there where it shows that Mandalore still has life teeming within its, uh, within its core, essentially, where they can set up and rebuild. And then finally, the reinforcements from the Mandalorian fleet arrive and they set up the counterattack uh, to go back into the base to go and uh, and try to uh, take out Gideon's forces there. We have an awesome uh, like jump scene uh, from one of the gauntlets and we see the armor come out there. Now I find it hilarious right because you have like several dozen Mandalorians just jump out you know from the drop seat base from the gauntlets and they're all like equipped with their blasters Bo-Katan takes out her freaking dark sa uh, dark saber to go lead the attack and yet the armor is like out there with a wrench, like flying yeah, around, like knocking people. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's her. That's her thing. Like if we played Legion, I want the armor with the fucking hammer, and it's got to do like fifteen damage, right, or whatever it is. You roll fifteen dice and do damage. Like, like that's crazy to me. Which, like, I you never, th I never thought that we would see the armor in action. But I mean, I guess it makes sense, right? You know, like it makes sense. I'm, I was excited. Yeah. I'll be honest, I was excited about it. Yeah, yeah, it was just, it was just funny to be right. It's like you know somebody lend her a blaster at least. Like, come on, <laughs> like <laughs> give her some range three attacks, right? 
so after we get that uh, that awesome battle there uh, for that, you know, we go back to uh, Mando and he enters the room there where he sees uh, all the blueprints there for um, for the plants there for Moff Gideon, and we finally get the awaited uh, uh, battle scene here with uh, with Moff Gideon. And I gotta say, it didn't go out the way I thought it was gonna happen. Uh, you know, we get the uh, Praetorian guards come in um, and coming to attack Grogu and Mando there. And uh, and then it goes into a moment where they they slice down the IG body while Grogu was in there for a hot second. I was like, oh man, they're gonna take him out here, or e either that, or Grogu is gonna do some amazing force trick or take out like a makeshift lightsaber that he made uh, to like fight them. But uh, but man, that that was like a very tense moment there once those Praetorian guards came out. Yeah, and I think those Praetorian guards like. I watching that Return of the Jedi this weekend, like and not seeing them in action, like is really sad comparatively. So it's like it's, I'm kind of happy we get to see this. And like if you think about it, like because when the Mandalorian happens versus when Return of the Jedi happens, these guards have to be like there had to be all these guards trained and ready to go, right? They just had to be there, ready to go. And then in Palpstead, and it's like, what do we do? What do we do with all these fuckers? Like, what do we do with them? We got 50 <laughs> of these people just trained somewhere. Let's give them to some people. Let's give them. Oh, Moth Gideon, you can have two or three of them. It's okay. Um, but yeah, I was I was super scared for Grogu. Like that was when I thought they were gonna kill Grogu the whole time. Like yeah. I'm sitting there like, oh, they're gonna kill Grogu. They're gonna kill Grogu. This is gonna be this is yep. like this is gonna be one of those internet things where like the world will just end because we killed Baby Yoda. <laughs> like, and whoever at Disney kills Baby Yoda will be fired indefinitely because there will be <laughs> all these incel cocksuckers <laughs> ranting and raving about how could Star Wars kill a baby Yoda? But yeah, like, exactly. We don't see Grogu in any of the other shows. Like they have to come up with what happens and like a logical answer. Like we have to have that. It has to come because we know yeah. he doesn't show up in the late three movies. And unless they're going to rewrite and re-record all those movies, which they're not like, here's a weird off take. Maybe Thrawn becomes good again and takes Grogu with him to the chist like ascendancy hey, my theory um and, and it's a little different for you is that you know we know that in rebels that ezra when he constructs his first lightsaber it is a combination of a blaster and a lightsaber right my guess is is that since he's being trained to basically use those kind of weapons that ezra will help grogu build a lightsaber that is both like that like his first lightsaber um, so that way he can still use his mandalorian tricks as well as the lightsaber itself yeah yeah we'll see so yeah, we we'll definitely see uh, as it comes through. So we get the uh, the advancement of the the battle there, and we finally see the face off here between Bo Katan and Moff Gideon, um, and they get into the fight there uh, after Moff overpowers Bando. There, um, we get the finally you know a chance for for Bo to redeem herself, uh, fighting um, Moff Gideon with the with the dark and then the unthinkable happens. It turns out that the Mandalore never plated his lightsaber with Beskar because he crushes it with his hand while Bo-Katan is holding it and destroys the darksaber. I was like, no, why? Why did he do it? Like, I get, you know, like, they they, they want to eventually stray away from that, I guess, you know, for the long term, but I was sad to see the darksaber go, man. Yeah, and I think, I don't know, like, I'm torn between 
I'm torn between a couple things. One thing I got to say is I'm telling you, I told you when I watched it, that guy has superhuman robot strength because that armor is robotized or whatever the hell you want to call it. It's, it's a powered armor, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's like for a fallout thing. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah. Um, from the video game fallout, if you don't know what that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but I'm not sad, I guess, to see it go because it just kind of feels like it again. It feels like a clean way for them to just end that part of it so that Bo-Katan can assume leadership easier. Like it feels kind of BS on how they wrote it. I understand why they did it. I understand all of that stuff. Like none of that. I don't disagree with any of that. And, 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 and I know we have to have clean breaks somehow, but that's kind of what it felt like was just a easy, easily an easy way to just kill off part of the lore, you know? Um, I think it's a way to like modernize the, the the clans for the Mandalorian, right? Like if you break the object of tension, right, for like all the infighting for whoever holds the saber can lay claim to rule Mandalore. I think when you take away that piece there, then it takes away the motives for the clans to fight with each other and just sure. unifying behind a leader. But I feel it could have been done by her versus like they had Moth Gideon do it, right? Like it, right. it feels cheap is, is what it yeah. did. Yeah. Um, yeah, but then we see the whole action. They're fighting. They're fighting. They're fighting. Grogu's there. They're all fighting on this deck. Moth Gideon kind of looks like he's gonna win. In fairness, like he probably should have won because he had power armor. Um, and then we get a holdo maneuver happen yeah. right into the base. So we get the um the uh ex wolves who drives down the the damaged and uh, in process of being destroyed architons right down the ship uh right down the center of the base and causes this giant explosion there um we get a moment there where the flames are coming towards grogu and mando and bo katan and we get a moment where grogu uh once again uses the force to protect them and i got some serious season four rebel vibes where with uh with kanan uh, using the force to stop the explosion uh, while protecting everybody else. Like, that was a, a real big callback. And I'm like, oh, my God, please don't kill him here now. <laughs> Come on, don't kill somebody here. Um, but uh, he was able to to save him, and he got tuckered out again. Like, it looks like the more he uses the force like that, the more he explains it, he gets tired. He ends up falling asleep. Again. Yeah. And I, I know there's been some internet chatter about, well, people don't like that piece of it. I actually genuinely I agree with you. Like I liked it. I felt yeah. the same thing. It was very Kanan-ish vibe. I felt that yes, they could do a better job about timeline pieces that they, that they had a hard time conveying actual like logical years and timeline. Like I, I think we're going to get this in Andor too for season two. I think it's going to happen. Like we're going to be a little bit weirded out because they're going to move faster than we want them to. And it's going to bother people. Like Andor season one was very structured X amount of time. This is how it works. And that's to some extent how um, they've transitioned Star Wars. But if you go back and watch the original movies, that's not like, I mean, we go from, we don't go from like Luke saving Chewie and Han and Leia. And then all of a sudden, Oh, now like tomorrow we're going to go kill a death star. Like it's not there. Like they make it appear there. But it's really not technically just a one or two day. It's not a one or two day turnaround. That's not how that worked. Um, it's, but it's a movie. So they just, you know, like we don't need to see them toil around for 
the next couple of months. Like, we don't need that. I think in Mando, if you look at traditional Westerns and traditional samurai movies, you see these type of things where the time lapse is not always communicated in the way that people feel is the most beneficial way for the audience. But I think to me, it feels like it was done on purpose, right? Like we're not getting this timeline transition. And I think Andor season two is going to be the same way. And people are going to hate it, um, hate that piece of it. But to me, Grogu has had that time. We know he went and trained with Luke. We know he rejected Luke. We know he came back to Mando. We know that now they've been on the space adventure that there's no way is like one or two days worth of space adventure, which we've made fun of. We have made fun of this like already. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, sure. I to me this is a timeline um variance that we just aren't having the conceptual ability for right and i feel that grogu being able to do this shows the timeline that we just didn't want to see we don't want to see grogu grow up we want him to be this baby thing forever because we know babies aren't going to get murdered except for in uh, episode 3 um you know it's just not going to happen <laughs> or or beginning of obi-wan yes or beginning of obi-wan okay <laughs> Um, or in the flashback in Mando season three. Anyway, um, uh, <laughs> so I, th- I think I think we think these things, but in reality, Grogu has grown. Um, it's a benefit to me, in my opinion, that he's grown that much, and it's nice to see that um, him shielding and saving people comparatively, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and um, in and I think it's just you know part of the the story too. Like they're just slowly building him up to. You know, because um, there's still a lot more story to tell. They, there's still season four that's coming in there. We don't know if he'll make an appearance in Rebels uh, or in the Ahsoka. Uh, that's what I meant, not Rebels. And the Ahsoka series that's coming up, um, as well as, you know, everything that's going to transpire in the uh, in the Dave Filoni movie that's coming out that will end all of it here. So, you know, there's still so much more story to tell for that there. And, hey, you never know. He might appear um in in the um the new republic series for or sorry the um the ray movie that's coming out um as well um we there's just so much we don't know there's so much more space for grogu to to grow up and see what becomes of him later on in the future there so um so after the scene you know the mandalorians are victorious they finally hold their ceremony uh where they're going to baptize ragnar um as uh, as part of the visiting clan the Vizla clan where he gets to say the creed there um right there at the waters of mandalore there and then uh din brings grogu to also professor creed and he's stopped by the armor who tells him that he's still too young uh to say the creed and we get this really cute scene where grogu babbles he's like oh, no i can speak <laughs> i can speak i'm like somebody get him the ig droid so he can say yes 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 The adoption for uh for mando adopting grogu um and he's formally given the name din grogu which apparently all of us got wrong because we always thought that uh din jaren or jaren was his last name but apparently din is his first name or his last name rather um so now he's be he's officially din grogu um as part of um part of that particular clan there and it's really cool uh to see that uh, that officially happened there and then we get this there's one scene there where Grogu focuses attention into the water and then he reaches out and we get this shot of the going into the depths of the waters of Mandalore and we see the the um 
the creature. Uh, my goodness, it escapes <laughs> my uh, escapes. The name escapes my my head right now. But uh, essentially, react the mythosaur. Thanks. Uh, react to Grogu there. So hopefully, we see the mythosaur show up. Right. I think so, and I think that Grogu will have the ability to tame it or communicate with it. One of the two. That's my theory. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and also just calls out more back to Ezra, right? Because Ezra's ability in the Force was to communicate with beasts, and um, we, we see Grogu starting to develop that talent the more and more he uses the Force. Yeah, which I think will be exciting. So, yeah, and then finally, uh, to to end the season, we get um, we get Din uh, flying out with Grogu in the end one over to the uh, the New Republic bar uh, where we see him interact uh, with the uh, with um, with Trapper Wolf there and um, and you know just speaking with all the different um, you, you see all the different New Republic pilots there you see Dave Filoni in the background and stuff and essentially one um, gets himself hired to work as a contractor essentially for the New Republic to help out in the outer rim so that way they they can maintain some order out there and uh, and this will essentially serve as the the basis for the new adventures uh, for season four. Yeah, which like could go bad or could go really good. Like I think I think I I don't know. Like I think they have to determine what the story is, and I think they've been very secretive about it because of the movies. So, um, we know there's going to be a movie coming. There's going to be another big bad. I feel like they're trying to make this more like Marvel is what it feels like, and we're going to get phases per se. And that's well, we know that Fabro. Like. Yeah, we know that John Favreau, you know, is still with the MCU helping write and um, and do some of their sequences over there. So he very much is bringing that experience with him working with Marvel onto yeah. the, the Star Wars series, which, you know, it's it's actually nice because it's helped improve the quality, I think. Yeah, I think the, the, the consistency and the continuality of how these interact, like which is what we want as fans, like in my opinion, that's what we want. As, like, can you bring back? Triple Zero, BC One, Afra. Can you bring all these things together? But I think that continuality, and when they come into challenges, to me, that's that's beneficial. Right? Like it, to me, I get excited by that. Like it's like, oh, give me a challenge about how Thrawn's going to come back, and compared to the books versus the TV show. Even though I'm going to tell you, if it doesn't come to the books, I'm going to be very pissed off, and it's going to be a hatred session that we have every week um, when Thrawn comes out. But I love Thrawn that much. Like I love Th like Thrawn hands down is one of my absolute all time favorite characters ever. Like it's just, it's just there. Um, so I don't know. Overall, I would give this season finale a 10 out of 10. Like personally, I feel that it was, I, I know you were saddened by the non space battle piece. <laughs> um, I don't care. I still think this is a space Western um, and that they've chosen specifically to move away from, a million space battles to tell a story that we didn't yeah. get as much in episodes four, five, and six. I feel that they've done a better job at telling stories than they did than George Lucas did originally. And I think some of it's the financial backing, right? And some of it's the, the fact that they go, Oh, well we know like George Lucas didn't know he was even going to do the second movie. He didn't know that like it wasn't a thing, but he tried to create an insular, insular product that he could sell and give to us that was as good as it could be for the time. And I will tell you, I went to return of the Jedi today and there was a lot of young fans there. And I talked to this young kid that couldn't have been more than like eight, 
years old maybe and his grandmother and she was excited she saw the original one she saw when it came out the second time she's happy to bring the kids she wants mando to be in the theaters like she's like can you just give me a whole weekend where i pay for a ticket to come see all the mando on a big screen all right that's that's a great idea. that's actually a really good idea um and i probably would pay hundreds of dollars for that because i'm a sucker um like let me sit around and drink soda and eat popcorn for eight hours for three days in a row Anyway, <laughs> I think I feel that the, I feel this episode was 10 out of 10. Um, I feel we could go with a little bit more sustenance there. But at the same token, I like the um, I miss Hondo. That's what I'm going to say. I want Hondo in my space operas. Um, but I feel that they did a very good service this episode to how the original Star Wars trilogy was uh, designed and set up. Yeah. I agree. Well, all right. Well, thank you very much for joining it. We don't know the next universe extended that we're going to do. We might do bad batch. Um, I don't know if JJ's finished it or not yet. I'm like three episodes out. That's it. So, um, with all the cancer stuff, I, I don't know hundred percent where I'm going to be next weekend. Um, uh, so <clears throat> we will try to continue our universe extended series um for it um coming up here uh with do you, stuff. do you plan on on watching the new kid show no i don't know <laughs> i do not i'm not gonna watch it sorry you can watch it we can talk about it i'm not gonna watch it though yeah um i i saw so they I already put out some shorts they already put out some shorts and i was like my goodness this is terrible i mean they put out some some ships there but the timeline is just yeah yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. So no. If you want to talk about it, I'll happily talk about it with you. But no, I'm not going to watch them unless like there's something revolutionary. Yeah. Um, yeah. None of my kids are that young anymore, unfortunately. So it's like I don't even have an excuse. And like I didn't read any of the young adult or any of the other stuff, um, no. books. So it's going to be really hard for me. We can talk about Visions though, because Visions season one was amazing. And I actually started rewatching. Uh, that with my son because my one son doesn't really yeah. like star wars but he loved the vision series so i i actually started rewatching that with him last night and we'll probably continue next weekend to finish that season off and then start the new season um, yeah for me ninth jedi is definitely the best episode for me out of all of those episodes um the first episode was actually really good but i think ninth jedi is probably my favorite out of that entire first season so it was yeah, fantastic the ninth jedi was the best I do like the first one a lot, though. We the, yeah. we got through the first three last night before I fell asleep on the couch. Um, but I will say, like, we might do maybe we'll do Visions and uh, and Bad Batch. I will be watching Visions. Like, I I just like I'm gonna watch it when it comes out. So, um, yeah. the style of animation it, it reminds me of that Love and Robots that Netflix did, and yeah. I love that show a lot on Netflix. That's like one of my favorite Netflix shows ever. Is that show? Yeah, man, for real. But all right. Well, thank you all for joining us through this insanely long episode of Planning Phase Syndicate Universe Extended Mando Season 3, Episode 8. We will be back next week with another Planning Phase Syndicate episode and possibly another Universe Extended. Uh, depends if JJ stops being lazy and actually watches Star Wars content this week now that he's officially <laughs> moved from before. So. All right, cool.
But either which way, thank you all. Have a good night, and we will see you on the morrow. See ya.